Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Rich Keith Show is brought to you by East Coast Metal Roofing. Act now and save 10% during their Fall Into Savings program. Comical and knowledgeable Boston sports talker Drop it in hotter than a tropical climate Breaking news, he supplies it And you want the truth? Scoops, Keith will find it He's talking about all the sports And he's also a hashtag dork And the father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad For you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now he's got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. Patriots get shut out at home. And they're one and four for the first time since the 2000 season. In a game where Matt Jones, many pundits thought, most important game as a Patriot, it did not go well. And two straight defeats with Bill Belichick scoring three points. Tough day. Tough day indeed, my Lanta. Patriots fall 34 love yesterday afternoon against the New Orleans Saints. Welcome into the Rich Keefe Show. Fitzy is here on this Monday night. And allow me to uh, sum up the game and really the last two weeks, Fitzy, with with this. What the hell is even that? I don't know if I have much more to add. (laughs) I have not much more to add uh, besides the obvious, Fitzy. How are you, sir? Uh, Rich, you know, unlike the coach, the quarterback, the offense, and the mental and emotional state of the fan base, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my okay. head above water best oh, I can. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I just got a quick question. Did anything yeah. happen today? Because what I had to do yeah, after do working at the stadium yesterday yes. and literally running up and down the aisles in my super fan outfit just to try to cheer the children up <laughs> like I was in a sick ward because it was such a sad state of affairs. Dance, at the stadium, clown, dance. Only to then get in my car, race back to the studio, and field three and yeah. a half hours of angry calls from Bad. Paul in Rhode Island, yep. Danny and Quincy, Paul and Quincy, you name it. Arthur and Braintree, and beyond. Let me tell you, I went into a sensory deprivation tank today <laughs> just so I could blame clear my general state because that's the worst, I think, non-Super Bowl edition I've ever felt. If if I have any feelings left, I almost, maybe you did too, started to go numb to it all because it's just been so shocking. Yeah, it kind of it gets to the point where it's so bad. Then you start like laughing like you're uh, Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker. Like you're just yeah. like losing like your Edward mind. Edward Norton like, when he took that biblical beating in Fight Club. Like yeah. just like, ha, 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 ha. Like, no. <laughs> No, because it was just, it was so bad. And all week long, we were, I was throwing out these different, like, hypotheticals, like what the game could look like. And I forget if it was with you or with Hart talking about, you know, not just the team, but also Mac Jones. Like, he could have a, you know, a good game, a fine game, or a, a bad game. So these three things. And it's like, it was 
across the board a horrible game. And for the second week in a row, there was no bounce back. This time they're at home. They're against a much inferior opponent. Like, there's always bad losses in seasons. Now, not this bad, not as bad as the Cowboys game, but you see it week to week in the NFL. Like, there's not a lot of momentum. Teams can literally score 70 points one week, lose the next. Or teams can look like they're world beaters, like the Cowboys for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and then they look like a joke against the Cardinals and then last night again against the Niners. But this is two straight weeks where the Patriots offense looked worse than the Cam Newton year, and it looked worse than the Matt Patricia Joe Judge year. And that is insane because we've already seen a pretty low bar of offense around here. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't year one post-Tom Brady. This is year four post-Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And after a decent enough week one, Fitzy, where... They score 20 points against the Eagles. Mac Jones throws three touchdowns. You're like, all right, here we go. Sort of an an average offense. Even though you knew it was never going to be a top 10 offense, considering the receivers they have and the O-line issues, you thought maybe they could be middle of the pack uh, on offense, be really good on defense, and try to find ways to win that way. They suck at everything. They're also trash at special teams. Mm-hmm. The new kickers are horrible, and they'd be a bigger storyline if, you know, the rest of the team wasn't imploding. But it's unbelievable to me how bad it's looked. Like, one in four is not all created equal. Like, these last two games where they've been outscored 72 to three is wild. Like, I never would have thought it was going to be this bad. And I'm somebody that predicted seven wins at the start of the year. I didn't think it was going to be this gross, though. I even predicted nine wins, yep. and uh, people started getting on my hump in case when I asked a few <laughs> weeks ago on the Six Rings podcast following the one and two start with them squeaking out a win against the Jets team that was wildly undermanned in miserable conditions down at Jet Life. I asked, I asked Andy Hart, show me on the schedule where the easy win or just the plain old guaranteed dub is going to come from. We used to have those roll out of bed in April or early May, see the schedule and say like 10, 12, 14 wins. No problem. And plenty of Tom Brady teams, as you pointed out, had that head scratcher of a, why didn't anyone show up this week? 2010, they go on to finish 14-2, and yet in late October, they got their asses whipped and their clocks cleaned by Peyton Hillis and the Cleveland Browns, a far inferior team. But but those were more anomalous to what ultimately was an incredible double dynasty run. Right. Whereas, like, this team has flaws, issues, cracks, and problems all across the spectrum. I mean, when you are the 32nd ranked team in pass blocking, run efficiency, EPA, passing, points scored. <laughs> what 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 it, tell me exactly yeah. like I would sit there like one of the bobs in office space mm-hmm. across from Bill Belichick today and say, "Bill, that's a great resume, but could you do me a favor? Yeah. Tell me what it is that you're good at around here. The whole squad. I would interview every single guy. I'd go, I'd just pull up Patriots.com. I'd go to the coaches page and then I'd go to the player roster mm-hmm. and I'd go through every single guy. I'd be like, what do you even do? Like, what even is this? Hey, Jabril Peppers, you are a safety who used to have special teams value as well. Look like you were rounding in a form on defense. Would you mind telling me what made you think it was a good idea no. to fair catch a punt at the five? At the five. How about punting speaking on the on the flip side of it sure fourth and three at your opponent's 40 yard line third quarter you're down 24 nothing is that a punt situation apparently it is uh, apparently uh, so sur- I, I would i would dare to imagine that's the wild. surrender index probably has that up there in the 97th <laughs> to 98th percentile that i mean i don't care how bad your offense is 
Fourth and three at your opponent's 40? Mm-hmm. Down 24 nothing, And your punter's awful. Like, and that's such a, like, I don't even know why I brought that up so early. Like, it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter that your rookie punter stinks. But he is. He's not good. So you're like, hey, let's try to play the field position game down 24 nothing at home. And we can't pick up three yards. But, man, what a difference it's going to make uh, a 23-yard or what was it, 27-yard net gain or whatever on the punt. Oh yeah, that's really that's really wow. gonna help. We, we pinned them. We showed them. <laughs> now let's put our defense no. that's been on the field all effing day, all day, back on the field because we can, like the Patriots are losing the uh, the battle of time of possession by you an name almost it. you name the battle. Doesn't matter what the battle I mean, is. Time almost, of possession, run, pass. And listen, I'm even block. gonna give Barringer and Ryland a pass momentarily because I, I mean Ryland's kick yesterday. The wind blows it left. It ends up hooking, whatever. He they could have used the points. doesn't matter. But he's not. He's no big kick Nick, and I know Tom Curran pointed that out. In a Folk whole hasn't missed started. this year, for those not paying hasn't. attention. Folk is just automatic this year. I mean, year. he's kicking in warmer Game climates winners. and domes, but he's also big kick Nick. It was Nick, beautiful and on legend. Sunday. It was a beautiful day yesterday. I know. I know. Listen, right, but but the reason why I said I was cutting them slack, okay. I, I will never besmirch the legend of big kick Nick. Thank me. you. But the problem is... All the pressure, and it's it's now going from the play calling on the sidelines to most especially the quarterback who is panicking, who's broken, who is not his normal self in Done. any way, shape, or form. He is toast. fried. He's toast. The receivers are the same. They suck. The offensive line sucks I've worse. never seen worse tackle play in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> the, the kickers, everyone is pressing. Everyone's it's demoralized. Awful. Everyone's yeah. broken. You need somebody to come in and just – totally like you need someone to come in dan campbell yeah or I, uh, I mean i'd love a new i would love a new coach yeah. I, I, I would Bobby, love a whole reboot but yeah. like you have belichick at least for the end uh or the duration of this season right? i agree and it and bill the coach is not my issue so much as bill the gm has absolutely just damned this team look at this thing to the position that they're in look at the but roster. you need like what like Whenever there's trauma at a company, yeah. they'll call someone in who's just going to sit everyone down in yeah. like a boardroom or take them on a retreat. Like ha- we need a Brad Stevens pizza party with Marcus party. Smart throwing tables yes. now or something. Pizza party Rich, will this help. This team is mentally broken right now. You get a broken. whole selection of two liter sodas. You get some cups out there. You can mix and match whatever you want. The bottomless sodas. You got plenty of pizza. You know, I would love like a slice of yeah. slice of pepper and onion with like a like a maybe like a good Fanta orange right now. That sounds like a slice of heaven. Is what that yeah, sounds like. It? I think it would bring the team together they certainly could use it um so andy hart said after the cowboy game that that marked the end of mac jones don't you feel like the saints game marks the end of bill belichick and i'm with you he's not getting fired today he's not getting fired tomorrow nope but that's it like i don't see barring this crazy turnaround because i know they have 12 more games to play Mm mm-hmm but yet, yesterday was a big game for everybody on that team. Yes, Mac Jones, we highlighted because he sucked so bad against Dallas, but he wasn't the only one. And like the right up when they're walking off the field, they're like, that is Bill Belichick's largest uh, n- deficit he's ever had in his head coaching career. He yep, falls 35 at, points. Yep. Yeah, 35 points. The next week, back at home, if you win this, you're two and three, and who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nope, you get shut out. And it's your second biggest deficit, 34 points. So, and, you know, just giving up on the team in that in that fourth quarter, that, that punt in the third quarter is insane. But you're right, his roster construction has really let him down. But then even in-game, you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, I just, it's so frustrating to watch this team 
play this way. Like it's 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 insane to me. I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. We all watched it, and you guys can join us six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We're on till seven thirty tonight. Then we're gonna hand things off to Monday Night Football as Week Five wraps up in the NFL with Raiders next week's opponent taking on the Green Bay Packers. But uh, yeah, there wasn't any redeeming qualities Nothing. from the game yesterday. There Nothing. wasn't a single. Usually in losses, you're like. Well, you know, player X had a really nice game, or at least they were able to do this. Nope, nobody pl- like nobody played well. Fifty three guys, or I guess forty seven or whatever, took the field. None of them played well. The previous week, you lost your two best players, yep. one a rookie and one a long tenured veteran on the defensive line for the season. And it's like whatever hope that was let out of the balloon carried over to the entire team on offense, defense, special teams, the sidelines, everywhere, and. When we say, you know, you've got Belichick for the rest of the year, that's because his legacy, his reputation, his resume, accolades, and accomplishments is going to keep his feet firmly planted under his desk in his office and on the sidelines until the end of the season. But make, make no mistake, as big a fan as we are of the organization, everything he's done, and as grateful as we are for the run this team has had, no coach whose team would perform like that should even survive the Tuesday, let alone yeah. be able to coach the remainder of the season. And if Bill Belichick were injected with truth serum or told you point blank how he really felt, he would say he probably deserves to be fired, but he absolutely should be stripped of his general manager or any personnel control power that he has on this team. And that, to me, on the totem pole of yep. why the F are we where we are, it goes with the draft picks that they've made, then the offensive line, then there's a huge gap, and then you've got receivers, you've got Mac Jones's poor play, yada, yada, yada. And will Mac Jones even be the starter next week? There's a lot going on as it relates to Mac Jones, including, according to a source familiar with Mac, what he thinks of his offensive teammates. And that's not great. So we'll get to all that, plus your phone calls on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on a Monday night. But right now here at Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by FindMassMoney.com. Ugly loss for the Patriots yesterday at Gillette Stadium as they lose 34 to nothing to the New Orleans Saints. Mac Jones was taken out of the game with 13 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter and Bailey Zappi finished the game. This after Mac was pulled out of last week's game in the third quarter against the Cowboys. The Patriots are now 1-4 and, and have yet to win at home. Bill Belichick joined the Greg Hill Show earlier this morning and was asked about what he meant by saying the team needed to, quote, start over. You did say yesterday that you're going to start over, and I know there was a follow-up, but I kind of wanted to see if I could get from you what that means, starting over. Let's take a look at everything. I mean, obviously, we didn't do anything well enough yesterday. So, Back to the drawing board. The Patriots will now head on the road to play Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Kickoff Sunday at 4.05. Monday Night Football tonight as the aforementioned 1-3 Raiders will host the 2-2 two two Green Bay Packers. Kickoff at 8.15. Don't forget, you can catch Westwood One's broadcast of that game right here on WEI. Full coverage starts at 7.30. The Celtics had their first preseason game last night at home. They beat the 76ers 114-106. They're in New York tonight to take on the Knicks. Tip-off at 7.30. Wolves reported yesterday that Celts guard Peyton Pritchard has agreed to a four-year, $30 million contract extension with the team. That deal, that deal is fully guaranteed. He had a great game last night with a game-high 26 points. And the Bruins' regular season begins later this week when they'll host the Blackhawks at the TD Garden on Wednesday night. Puck drop 
at 7.30. Brighten up your bank account this fall by going to findmassmoney.com. Enter your name to see if you'll be getting lucky this winter. That's findmassmoney.com. It's fast, it's easy, and it's free. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show after this. This is the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. WEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. And many of the 30 yard line. Jones up hit by Granderson intercepted on the ricochet. That's Matthew for six. It's a big six. 26 yard return. But inside, Carl Granderson made it a messy pocket. Whacked the quarterback, and the ricochet goes right to the veteran, Tyron Matthew. Well, this goes back to, to Matt Jones a week ago saying, sometimes I try and do too much. I try saving the play and I don't need to. It's okay to take a sack or throw it away. This time, stepping up in the pocket, there's nowhere for him to step up in the pocket. As he's trying to dump it down, his, he gets hit. So the ball flutters in the air. It's easy interception for Tyron Matthew and a quick six the other way. With the extra point, good. Mac Jones, two interceptions yesterday, including that pick six. The Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI with Fitzy. We'll get to your calls here in a moment. Uh, Fox NFL had a couple of uh, nuggets. One we'll mm-hmm. uh, get to in a second. They also put out a graphic that Mac Jones now has as many pick sixes mm-hmm. thrown at Gillette Stadium mm-hmm. as Tom Brady. Of course, mm-hmm. Mac Jones has played since 2021. N- 19 games at Red <laughs> Yeah, Tom Brady, uh, 02 when it opened all the way through the 19 season. That's 17 seasons. Yeah, almost 140 games. Yeah, four apiece on the pick six. But that's not the Fox News story that got my attention as it relates to Mac Jones, although that is quite a stat. Uh, how about this? A source close to Mac Jones told Fox Sports, quote, no matter how good of cook you are, you cannot make garbage taste good, suggesting his uh, offensive teammates are garbage. And listen, there was a ton. Uh, there's so much to unpack just in that in that quote and <laughs> yes, the fact that that was shared seriously. last night. Uh, I, but there was a ton, as you would imagine, of you know Wickersham-esque pushback from a lot of diehards and skeptical Pats fans and people who were trying to defend the wall and whatever and. Um, look, I get it. I can understand why people think that would be a fake quote, something made up, et cetera. But, you know, Henry McKenna, who's been on the beat for years and now covers the AFC East for Fox Sports. Yeah, I, I don't think with, he's I, just throwing that I out there. I spoke with him today. Okay. He stands a thousand yeah. percent behind that, um, you know, because I wrote it up for the website and more. And then I almost felt feel badly for like all the crap <laughs> that he's had to field for it as well. And I understand people need an outlet or a place to vent or direct their rage for all of this. But the thing that blows my mind the most, Rich, is that anybody near Mac Jones would think that this is a good idea right now with the poor footing and the standing of this kid, no matter how dirty he's been done by Belichick, by Kraft, by by anybody that has worked with him over the last couple years with the lack of a line and the lack of weapons, etc., Number one. And number two, that they can't even control things, that Bill has lost so much control. The situation has spiraled so badly that now he's got friends of the quarterback that he's got a bad relationship with coming out and saying 
the, that the kid is surrounded by garbage? Now, he is right. I mean, he is surrounded by a lot of garbage. I would say he kind of fits in. Like, that's how I would look at it. Like, he's probably not the one. Oh, he's worked his way to the bottom. You know, that would be like Antonio Maffi looking over at, you know, Cole Strange or Lowe. and be like, you stink. Like, well, you also stink. You've also given yeah. up many sacks. Like, I'm a rookie. I'm a second year. <laughs> yeah, we both great. suck. Great. Or like one receiver talking trash about the other receivers in the room. Like it's all kind of the same. Like Mac Jones doesn't have really a leg to stand on when it when it comes to that. And to, to call out those guys because, yes, he has not had a very good offensive line. In fact, he's had a bad offensive line. But some of these pick sixes that he's thrown this year or some of the turnovers that he has had this year are 100% on him. So now they're inexcusable. They're well, inexcusable. One, one thing over the last two years that I felt was pretty consistent is Mac Jones's teammates liked him. I always got that sense. Everybody we talked to or the interviews you would listen to or whatever or the podcast you would hear, it felt like they all liked Mac Jones. And honestly, I wasn't really sure why. Like he doesn't, at least on the outside, seem to have this electric personality. It's not that good of a player, but whatever. Like they, you know, behind closed doors in the locker room is a much different you know, setting than everywhere else. Mm -hmm. But this year, when you combine the, you know, not rushing to his aid after that whole, you know, thing with the Jets and with Sauce Gardner and everything, and then now this, like, let's see how this seeps into that locker room because you know guys are going to either confront him about it or they might just say, forget it. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to confront them about it. I could care less. Like, this, this is a bad sign. And this is usually... This kind of thing only is reserved for bad teams. Like, this is where... Oh, this is... Oh, yes. This is is. all the behavior of a bad team. Yep. Well, I mean, it is a bad team, but right, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're going to get guys when you average 11 points a game and you you go 72 to 3 over two games when you've got a coach with six Super Bowl championships on his resume as the coach. And and I'm kind of with Tom Curran on this one. He shared yesterday that he thought this was the worst loss of the Bill Belichick coaching tenure, both in... Cleveland and New England because when you lose 38 to 3 you can maybe chalk that up to like ah we got boat race we weren't ready they just took advantage of the miscues we'll clean it up next week but when you come out the next week and play an even worse game and technically it's I know a loss by one point less no like that's that is the worst loss they didn't even score they did it in front of their home fans it wasn't even a full stadium and I hate to say it but you're probably going to see a stadium in two weeks rich when the Buffalo Bills come to town Sunday, October 22nd, 1 p.m., fans. you're going to see a stadium that may be 30, 35% Bills fans, bare yeah. minimum. Like, there's going to be an organized section for them. Like the, They traveled like to London. The Bills fans traveled to London. Yeah. I think they're going to travel to uh, New England. They traveled to Old England is what I should have said. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I would agree with that. I think yesterday was worse than the Cowboys for a yeah. number of reasons. One, the Cowboys are better than the Saints, so it's as simple as that. One was on the road, one was at home. So that's another thing that he easily put into yesterday. Yeah, it was one point less in the deficit, but you actually got shut out. Like, you didn't score a single point in the game, so that also makes it look worse. And all the things you said about, all right, pressure's on. How do you respond to a 38-3 loss? Or, like, how does any good team respond to any kind of loss, let alone one where you're really questioning the future of the quarterback in his role, the future of the coach and his role and everything else, and you follow that up with what you saw yesterday, like, you boy, like, that is real bad. Yeah. I got a question for you. So, remember during the playoffs? um, (laughs) With the Patriots? A long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, During the basketball playoffs, when the, I mean, 
And look, dude, there's there's quotes. If you want to go over quotes galore, in addition to whatever Mac Jones's friend said about the, mm-hmm. the you know, the, trying to cook with stuff around you that's garbage. Breer said they have no talent. Cowherd said uh, he doesn't hold Mac at fault because he didn't draft three guards and two kickers, po- kickers yeah. this year as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But um, I, I let's ask you this: so, like, Wick Grosbeck apparently went into the locker room when the Celtics were down three games to nothing to the Heat, and and basically dressed the team down and screamed at them because there was no specific leader who could get emotional and tell everyone to cut the blank. Yeah. You know, Devin McCourty kind of called them out last night on Sunday Night Football. Right. But he's not there no. to physically whip them into shape. So Wick Grosbeck did it. and That was kind of a sad indictment of where the Celtics were emotionally and mentally in that series. They almost came back. Who's the guy who can actually stand up in the locker room one day this week and just be like, look, either get your S in gear or get the F out of this locker room? Well, who can do it? There I mean, it's suppo- it's, no it should be Bill. Leader. It should be Belichick. But you're right. That's All right. pathetic. It's a different story. If you're talking about player leaders, the six captains on the team, I'll go through them and you tell me how likely they are to be the guy at the center of the rah-rah, figure-it-out situation. Okay. Hunter Henry? No. Jawan Bentley? Maybe. But do- he doesn't. how many rings does he have to show for? It? I don't know. One, maybe? Is he on the 18 does team? Does he have one? I don't even know if he's on the 18 team. Maybe not. Uh, so. Dietrich Wise? He, that's not the way he behaves. David Andrews? Maybe the closest thing. Matthew Slater? He, you know he's not like that. He's had a couple of holding penalties here as of late as well. Oh. And Mac Jones, who nope. just said the rest of the team sucks. Those are the six captains. Those are the guys that are... Now, I know you can be a leader without being a captain. That's obvious. Like Lawrence Guy, for example, was a captain right. one year, and now he's not. But those are the six... like captain's meetings at, at center field or, or uh, midfield, all that stuff. So it doesn't look promising. Like when one of your captains is throwing the rest of your team under the bus vis-a-vis uh, friends and they're ratting you out to Fox How Sports. sad. Yeah. Yep. And with a How dozen sad. games to go. All right, as promised, we will hear from you as well. 617-779-7937. Glenn is in Worcester. What's going on, Glenn? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. I think I can solve uh, the Patriots, every problem I can solve it is what you do. You get Jim Plunkett to come out of retirement. You think that'll yes. do it? The, wait, the entertainer it. or the quarterback? Hmm. QB. <laughs> All right. That could be. That could be one of the things okay. to turn this team around. So we, yep. Because, uh, you know, he he did leave the Patriots and he went to the Raiders and won a championship. So maybe he owes us one back here. Dude, there's so many things when it comes to the player personnel and just – you know, you could always do your, like, wish list of guys that they could have signed or guys they could have drafted. But when it r- literally was an either-or and you you made the wrong decision multiple times, like the Nikhil Harry thing, we've done that. We've done so many shows on Nikhil Harry and the receivers drafted after him. But how about Tyquan Thornton and George Pickens? And that wasn't even a, oh, a, on, a second even, guess. That was a first guess. Like I got t- yelled at on Twitter all long night long. long on draft night last no, year. No, you People were right, Fitzy. Oh, Fitzy, you know more no. than blah, blah, blah. But just the track record, the, the, the Baylor receivers are all trash. He's they got the all suck in the NFL. All They're all thin and fast. He's got tiny little wrists. Meanwhile, you got a guy who played at Georgia. You so one year you love the Georgia guys, and then all of a sudden you don't love the Georgia guys. George Pickens goes, and when the Steelers took him, you're like, all right, he's obviously going to be great. They drafted the wrong Georgia running back. They did. They, they and they did that as well. Uh, 
you know, you look at Nick Folk and Chad Ryland. You have Nick Folk for one more year. Not that the kicker is the big problem on the team right now, but you get my point. Like, they chose between those two, and they chose wrong. They chose between uh, Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster, and they chose wrong. So you choose wrong with the veteran guy. You choose wrong in the draft. You're choosing wrong all over the place. You chose Nelson Aguilar over Curtis Samuel. Yeah. You chose... I mean, you can just go. There's all a million the way. of these. Yeah. yeah there's, uh, there's literally, like you, you nailed Judon. Yes, you got Matt Judon right. Unfortunately, he's hurt. Like that's kind of out of your hands. But that also mm-hmm. was why I didn't feel great about the game. Now I didn't think it would be 34 zip, but no Judon, no Gonzalez. You're like, all right, that doesn't. That's not a recipe for success. Uh, let's go to Dan in Rhode Island. What's up, Dan? Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Fitz. Hey, uh, Dan and Cranston. How are you, buddy? Good, buddy. Uh, two things, real quick. The only difference between Sam Donald and Mac Jones is there hasn't been a hot mic on the field to catch yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah. Because we know he's – they're basically the same person right now. Yep. They're broken, and they need to go somewhere else. And mm-hmm. as far as Bill goes, here's a perfect way to end this, hopefully sooner rather than later. Kraft brings him upstairs to the office, doesn't say a word, just gives him a napkin and a pen. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's how you end it. Yeah. Full circle. And- you know what to do, William. Yeah, and then basically just, there you go. I resign as HC of the oh NEP, God. BB. Yeah, I mean. You know what? Let me ask you this. How did you feel about if, I'm sure this made it across your transom or the, the Keith wire today getting ready for the show. Go ahead. Dan Orlovsky this morning. No on stone Up. unturned. No, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, yep. the research department yeah. truly just. Worked I overtime. Mean, it's like PFF multiplied yeah. times Elias with like a little spo track on That's top. That's me. Yep. I know. I get it. That's why you're the best in the business. Thank guy. you. So Dan Orlovsky this morning said on Get Up that if Mac Jones were in San Francisco in that particular circumstance, or rather in that situation, if they had traded, if they had drafted him and not Trey Lance, he would be playing as well as Brock Purdy right now. Uh, I don't, I mean, Brock Purdy's playing really, really well. I don't think it's that crazy yeah. of a statement because that is the one place it feels like that is quarterback proof. Like they have until you hundred all the pros. NFC championship. You know, right. Until they're, until they're all hurt. Oh, no, that's true. I mean, you, you could fall off a cliff and have to play, you know, XFL guys and you're not going to win. But Brock Purdy was the last pick of the draft. His arm strength is probably only matched by Mac Jones. Like, they're probably similar arm strength, which at the toilet of the league. I actually think it's gotten better. I was watching the game last night. Purdy has improved footwork, arm strength, mobility, everything. Yeah, but I I also look at it like, all right, so what's – I don't really understand Orlovsky's point, I guess, because I don't want Brock Purdy to – Take over for Mac Jones. <laughs> like I think, no, I think no, no, any, no. I think almost I do. any, I do. I think almost any NFL quarterback would do well with the 49ers. I know right now Mac Jones, even being an NFL quarterback, is being a question. I don't think he's a mm-hmm. starter, but mm-hmm. I think he's one of. The, we do this conversation a lot. Is he one of the 50 best quarterbacks in the league? Probably. Like I think he'll be on a roster for a while, and like outside of San Francisco, where would Mac Jones succeed? I don't think anywhere. Like San Francisco, he would sure. Maybe a handful of circ- maybe in a handful of situations he would, but mm. I think it's more that Orlovsky is a quarterback defender, part of the fraternity well, for sure, and of course, and I think he believes that everything that they've done to sort of groom Mac Jones and what they've given him, surrounded him with, et cetera, et cetera, has doomed him in in large part. And listen, he like I said, it's not like his hands are without blood. It's not like he's 
without fault or blame in this circumstance. But, you know, if you go look at the screen caps on social media or in game film of yesterday where he was averaging 1.25 seconds before both Trent Brown and Vidarian Lowe just turnstiled, oh you know, Cam Jordan. Have a day, and other Trent Brown, run. huh? Oh, God. Oh, smokes. I mean, like, it's it's the worst offensive line. And, Rich, since they started keeping run block and pass block win rate stats about 30 years ago, yeah. this Patriots line is on pace, easily, mind you, mm -hmm. to be the worst graded offensive line in recorded history. Yeah, it's insane. So yeah, what are you gonna do? Oh, I'm, like, listen, Mac Jones isn't the only guy. Like, so Bill Belichick referenced starting over, and yes, I would start over a quarterback, over. but they're not a quarterback away. Right? We like no. when when Aaron Rodgers chose the Jets, it felt like they might be a quarterback away. Like, I fully mm. acknowledge. Like, mm. we can say Mac Jones isn't the right guy, isn't the answer, but obviously the rest of the roster needs to be fixed. Like, the mm. the receivers aren't good enough for any quarterback. The offensive line has been a massive failure. The running backs haven't been very good either, although it's hard to really grade them considering the aforementioned offensive line is so bad. But yeah, the whole thing's a train wreck though. Even if you want to toss in the play calling, like all of it, like it's, it's bad. Uh, let's go to Rob in Rhode Island. He joins us next. Hey Rob. What's going on guys. Hey, hey Rob. So I just want, you know, I'm, I'm 44. Right. I, so I can go back to Grogan and I wouldn't even disrespect Grogan by saying that Mac Jones is anything of that nature, but that's what it reminds me of as a Patriots fan of just another time, another place where it was just a horrible product on the field. It's to the point now I consider myself a diehard fan. I told my wife, I'm done. I won't even watch it. I didn't even watch the game this week. I stopped watching because I'm not going to waste and invest my time when the team itself can't invest anything in terms of the product it puts on the field. You know, you've got a guy like Devontae Parker. You guys have talked about Juju. Both those guys combined with the money that is was spent on them could have been spent on Myers, could have been spent on Hopkins. That probably wouldn't solve your problem as a, a whole, but yeah, you'd but look a lot closer. better on the field. Right. Yeah, you I guys agree. just touched on the O-line. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, Ron, I actually would like to ask you a question. Oh, I was just saying, you guys, you, you guys just touched on the O-line, yeah. and to yeah. me, that's the whole premise of the team's issues. Without being able to run, which is what they were counting on, mm -hmm. you can't get anything else going. You're just one-dimensional. So in, in, in your one dimension, you've got a noodle-arm quarterback. You guys can't compare Purdy and Mac Jones. The eye test will tell you, just watching those balls come out of Purdy's hands last night and watching the ball come out of Mac Jones' hands, he, 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 he short-arms everything is what it looks like. He has no strength or he's not throwing off his back foot. I don't know what the hell it is, but he's not a reclamation project. He's got to go, and if Belichick wants to stay – They've got to take the final say away from him and get a GM in there, and he's got to start listening to his scouts because he can't draft to save his life. Yeah, Ron, he's not stepping into his throws for sure, and I, 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 uh, I, I agree with what he said. And just coming at it from the diehard fan perspective, um, you know, I would like I would like fans to sort of stop and think aloud and just wonder for a second, like, okay, he's like Ron has stopped watching because the product is so bad. So the product was so great up until four years ago because you were at the tail end, and sadly in 2019, of the greatest run in NFL history. So do you think Bill Belichick is trying to torpedo the organization or is it just proving that his roster evaluation and personnel management shortcomings were basically tidied up and, you know, flex-sealed by Tom Brady, well, the great eraser for those two decades. I think a, I think a lot of it, like 90% of it probably is the Tom Brady thing, but I think another big factor is just 
how the NFL has changed. And over these 25 years, look at the offenses across the league. Look at the importance of skill position guys versus the importance of middle linebackers and pulling guards Mm -hmm. and gunners on special teams. Like Things have changed greatly. Look at the really good teams and how they're built versus how the Patriots continue to build their team. All right, we'll continue to take your phone calls here. Uh, we'll also mix in a bet du jour to keep our uh, our stellar Monday night football records going. See how we do there. Plus, we have what happened in week five in the NFL. All on your way next here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 W-E-E-I. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI with Fitzy on this Monday night, going up until 7.30, and then we have Monday night football for you, the Raiders. Next week's opponent, by the way. Both teams could be one and four. That could be must-see TV. Uh, Raiders-Packers. So let's pick the game. Can they flex that to the morning? Uh, (laughs) I don't know what they could do with that, but uh, I know I'll be uh, all over it like uh, we all will be. The last caller will not be, and that's... Uh, that's his choice. Understandable. But let's let's pick the game here real quick and we'll get back to these phone calls as people are upset, as they should be, about the state of the Patriots. Uh, so right now the game is Raiders two-and-a-half-point favorites at home Whoa. against the Packers. Fitzy, who is 4-0-2 betting Monday night football, will have you go first. What do you got? All right, uh, the Los Angeles Raiders, who have moved to Oakland and then back to Vegas, have no business being a favorite over anyone. I don't care about how (laughs) fancy the stadium is, how how much you like the Lil Wayne concert at halftime. (laughs) Nothing. Yeah, Uh, Devontae Adams' revenge game, my ass. The Packers are a better team. (laughs) They got punched in the mouth on Thursday Night Football a week and a half ago by the Lions, but the Lions are a wagon right now, Mm -hmm. and they've Mm -hmm. had 11 days to get right. Christian Watson, all these assets and weapons, have no injury designations. I'll take not all. I wouldn't just take them with the points. I'm going to take the Packers on the money line Ho! tonight, Rich. All right. Give me the pack. Goal, pack, goal. All right. Fitz, get the Packers. I'm going to go Packers as well, and it is, uh, I'm with you. It's more of uh, what it says about the Raiders than what it says about the Green Bay Packers. Stiz? I'll be the contrarian. Okay. Give me Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, baby. All right. Very good. All right, now, quick prop. Or at least go back to Chelsea. <laughs> quick, Same difference. Quick, <laughs> quick prop to toss in there. I'm going to go uh, actually with a Raiders prop. Give me a Devontae Adams anytime touchdown going up against his former team. Now, it's not in Lambeau, but uh, Devontae Adams, doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. He's one of the one, two, or three best receivers in all of football. So, at the very least, he will get in the end zone for the Raiders. Fitz? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, over 51.5 receiving yards for old pal Jacoby Myers because oh. if Jair Alexander, who's healthy tonight, Locks up with Devontae Adams. Yeah, I still think Adams may score a touchdown, and I like your prop, Rich. But mm-hmm. uh, Jacoby Myers is going to draw a secondary coverage. He averages over 60 yards a game. He's been terrific for the Raiders this year. I think that's five, six catches, no doubt. So give me Jacoby Myers over 51 and a half receiving yards. All right, very good. And lastly, Stiz, your prop? I was same same thing as you, Rich. I was looking at the Devontae yeah, Adams anytime. Yeah, not right. a lot of juice on it, but no. I, I think it's going to hit. All right, very good. Let's go back to the horn here. We got uh, Mark in Oakland. He joins us next. What's up, Mark? How are we doing, guys? Doing all right. Uh, sorry all right. about that. So I want to say thank you to you for you and Andy's energy last night following Bill Belichick's press conference because it is about time that he stop his 
goddamn attitude and answer a question like an adult now for 20 and especially with the fans who spent 20 years kissing the ring while he was bringing championship which is great but now it's time to actually stand like stand there like a human being like an adult and answer a follow-up question when nobody knows what the hell starting over means so like i mean nobody under, nobody understands that Mm-mm. not no, it th- I agree. Thanks for the call, Mark. Yeah, that is one thing. And even in the moment, we kind of realize like the way Bill handles question and answer sessions, whether mm-hmm. it be on the radio, whether it be at the press conference, whether it be in you know the the thing with you know visiting reporters, whatever. When you're winning, it doesn't matter. When you're winning, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then when you're not, well, it's not as cute. Suddenly, like when when you're looking for real answers and you're not getting anything close to it, like it's really not that funny. Suddenly, yeah, everything. Even Bedard tweeted out last night that it was almost impossible in the room yeah. to hear him or understand what he was saying because he was kind of going off mic and like mumbling oh, and all time di- uh, diminished volume. But like you know, years ago, treating like. Giardi and Perry like garbage yeah. and like being curt with uh, Tom Kern. We were like, it's hilarious. Our no. coach has a terrible attitude, but we're the best team. No, but now, but it's now like, we're just asking for a modicum of humanity. Yes. It's like we, and humility. We spend all, like, you know, not to be like, oh, you, know, you you owe it to us. I'm not, I'm not going that far. But in a way, like the fans spend so much time and money on this team and you're not expecting them to go undefeated every single year. But when there are certain times where you're like, all right, What's the deal with the quarterback? You've benched him the last two weeks. Is he the quarterback going forward? Is he not? Like, what's it going to take to pull the plug on that? Or talking about like game situations. All right, you're punting the ball on the opponent's forty yard line when it's fourth and three, and you're down twenty four nothing in the third quarter. What's the thought process there? What's the rationale there? Not, not just in the best interest of the team. You know, you know, snort and we, why'd you, know, you pull Mac for the second week in a row? Does that mean that Mac is right. benched? Does that mean that Mac is not your starting quarterback? That does when usually when that happens, Bill. We've all watched a lot of football. I oh, know yeah. you know more than us, but sure. that usually means that uh, he's Dunsky. Like that, this is the end of the road for him. Like, well, you know, didn't think it, there was any reason to leave him there. Was if like, this yeah, was, was if this was week, let's call it ten or twelve. And it was any other coach but Bill Belichick. He's fired, and the co- sure. the quarterback is benched. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bill and the will get OC fired. takes I, over. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that he's going to get fired by this season. Like I don't, I don't think like that would surprise me. And can I just relay? I know we had full phones for three and a half hours yesterday. I know the phones were jammed today. Yeah. We've got a full bank of calls yeah. now. But I just want to relay that I spent hours. I had a bad feeling about yesterday, and I knew there was a there were strong winds of discontent in Pat's fandom at the tailgate, Pat's nation. So I specifically walked around the tailgate for hours yesterday morning, talking to people in a bunch of different lots, just asking, how do you guys feel right now? This was before the game. I can't even imagine <laughs> yeah, what it would have been like afterward. Say, yeah. And by and large, the feeling was, and then I heard later on from some stadium workers who said they spoke to people in concession lines and in new fancy bars in the stadium and everything. There is a massive groundswell and growing surge of discontent among fans that are like, great, my ticket prices uh, went up this year because yeah. we got a fancy new lighthouse and a bar and a giant Ultron of a TV, and our team sucks. Oh, the and this awful. is now going to end up marring Bill's great record and his reputation for a while in the eyes of the fans that have idolized him for two and a half decades. It is such a drop-off. It is such a, an insane drop-off. It's just to think in the, the four years without Brady, like post-Brady, you're staring down the barrel of uh, three years missing the playoffs and three years 
with a losing record. All right, one and four. How do you feel about the Patriots right now? We'll get to your phone calls. Uh, we'll also mix in a what happened in week five in the NFL as we take you up until 730 in Monday Night Football. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI.